0: why do we exist were we created with a purpose or are we just here by chance what are we to believe about life faith and worldview welcome to the universe next door focusing on answers to the questions we all consider the universe next door is sponsored by the c.s lewis society and trinity college of florida and supported through gifts from listeners just like you. Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward.
1: Welcome to the Universe Next Door, where today we are really zooming over to an amazing, important part of that universe of thought, And we're dealing with the question of how the God factor is involved in the origin of the universe, in the origin of biological complexity, and especially mankind. And we have a wonderful scholar with us here, connecting by phone to his office out in California. He has been a friend of mine since we were students together at Dallas Theological Seminary. But you may have just heard about him or maybe even heard him on YouTube or live lectures. His name is Dr. J.P. Moreland. And I have been looking, JP, for uh, about 11 years to this moment, having you on The Universe Next Door. Thank you for joining us.
2: Well, it is a pleasure, and it's also a special pleasure uh, to be with you, Tom. Good to to contact each other again.
1: Yes, and we have chatted about uh, matters of apologetic interest and the whole realm of apologetics. You have authored or contributed to over 90 volumes I mean, I'm down yeah. at the three or four level, depending yeah. on how you count the, uh, the the collaboration volumes. But, I mean, just so that we can uh, kind of get a sense of the excitement of this whole realm of apologetics and what God has led you as a graduate with the, not only the THM from Dallas, but the Ph.D., I believe under Dallas Willard, did he guide you in some way? Yes, part, uh, uh, that's right. In your program at the University of is it Southern California, just want to make sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Dallas is mm-hmm. with the Lord, but uh, but you're pressing on and doing fantastic work uh, for the realm of making a, a very gracious but incisive case for the Christian faith, uh, through your writings and, and and a major contribution to scholarship, what would you say if someone wanted to just dive into the literature, to the to the writing that you've done, and thinking and sharing? What are three or four of the books if someone wanted to get a kind of a an entry point on the writing of, of Doctor Moreland?
2: Well, I would say uh, "Love Your God with All Your Mind" would have to be uh, the first one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, that gives kind of a general sense of my view of the importance of the mind. <clears throat> I think, uh, secondly, a book that I wrote with Tim Mulhoff called The God Conversation hmm. is a very simple uh, way, uh, book teaching you how to talk to other people about your faith. Uh, and it has a lot of illustrations and stories uh, to augment the uh, arguments themselves. And then I guess, thirdly, Uh, My book, The Kingdom Triangle, where I talk about the mind, uh, the development of the inner life of the heart through spiritual formation and so on, and then the supernatural power of the kingdom, and uh, all three are important. So I think those would be three that might be
1: helpful. Fantastic. Well, that's going to be a tremendous uh, point of my recommendation to my students in the apologetics class I'm teaching at Trinity College of Florida And we'd uh, love to have you, you know, share with our student body someday. We'll uh, dream and plan and think about that uh, prayerfully here in the coming days. Now, let me just uh, announce, and you are here to help us to announce the release this month of an important, perhaps the most important volume ever put out, a careful uh, collaboration of many scholars working together to bring a, a really respectful but penetrating critique of theistic Evolution And the title, again, is Theistic Evolution, a Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique. And I've been told by the uh, publishers that you can order this uh, and get it, go ahead and get it uh, ordered at your favorite uh, Internet portal. Tell us why you're excited about this volume, of which you are not only a contributor, but one of the four editors. Congratulations, by the way. Well, on the it was team. such
2: a privilege, uh, Tom. I'm actually holding a copy in my hand right now. Um, it's a, it's a uh, thousand page book and it is being called magisterial mm. uh, it's being called by reviewers and scientists on both sides of the pond uh, the uh, single most significant and hard hitting critique of both theistic and even naturalistic evolution that's ever been written and now whether that's true or not uh, it it is unbelievable. Uh, Peter Luce, who is a layman in the UK, but very well-connected and, and savvy about apologetics, mm-hmm. was very concerned that all, all Christians in the UK were theistic evolutionists. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think that was necessary. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he contacted a group of us, and we got on a conference call. And to make a long story short... Uh, we decided to bring together 12, I believe it is, scholars from Europe that teach in just regular state universities in Finland and Scotland and England and uh, Germany, Mm -hmm. and uh, and put that together with uh, 12 to 14 scholars uh, in North America. And if you look at at the credentials of the people who write in this book, I don't know how anybody could look at that and say, you're an idiot if you reject theistic evolution. Now, that credentials by itself doesn't prove we're right. All I'm saying is that you don't get that many people who are used to getting published in peer reviewed journals and with mm-hmm. Oxford and Cambridge and Blackwell and, uh, presses. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who all agree that the intelligent design explanation is far more superior Hmm. to the theistic evolution. So I'm excited because Christians have been bullied... Mm. into thinking that the only way they can be uh, intellectually responsible as a 21st century Christian mm. is to adopt theistic evolution. And this book is here to say that is a- absolutely false. Mm. There is, in fact, a better way that is more biblically sound and philosophically and scientifically solid theistic evolution
1: well fantastic i mean i'm I, i'm eager to respond to that amazing sharing of our guest today is dr jp moreland he virtually needs no introduction if you followed the world of apologetics you have a, a small kind of like leading group of scholars in the world today john lennox uh, ravi zacharias lee strobel and at that same level is J.P. Moreland. I'm privileged to have known him when we were students. I remember sitting in a number of classes together. J.P., I think you may recall some of those moments.
2: Oh, I sure do, with, with great pleasure. Yeah. I had great respect for you, and it just seemed like we hit it off well from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, I said J.P. Moreland knew more about apologetics when he entered Dallas than I know now. That's a slight oh, exaggeration. that's not true, don't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> your your nose is getting long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> thank you. But J.P. Moreland is the co-editor and significant contributor if we'd have time. And maybe, I don't know if I can conjole you into join us for for two programs, both this week's and next week's. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe we could work on that. But um, the Theistic Evolution volume is fantastic. And let me just mention this. Peter Luce, you mentioned the layperson. I've stayed on three occasions, three different trips in Peter Luce's home. What a great guy. What a a great guy. Tremendous leader. And Mm -hmm. and virtually been the leader uh, with a number of galaxy of of co-leaders there in England of the uh, intelligent design movement, and so I'm so I'm going to be sending a Peter Luce an email tonight congratulating him. So take us into this area of theistic evolution. First of all, uh, we'll get to the philosophy side in just a moment. We're going to take a break here on The Universe yes, Next yes. Door in two minutes, but give us a little wet our whistle. What are the dimensions? Uh, in two minutes, what are the dimensions from which this volume presents its critique? Uh,
2: three dimensions. The first is, as it says, scientific, and we uh, have uh, at least, I think it's four to five chapters on the common descent thesis and the question of Adam and Eve, hmm. and I think we demonstrate very clearly that a better explanation is that there was an original man and woman that were appeared simultaneously instead of the standard view that they appeared Mm-hmm. 140,000 years apart. So there are several critiques. There are philosophical critiques that uh, involve areas that theistic evolution cannot explain, but intelligent design can explain. Uh, there are questions about uh, whether methodological naturalism that you have to appeal to natural explanations while you're doing science, and then the biblical theological critique that says that all these attempts to revise Genesis by John Walton and others really distorts the text, and that there are 13 or 14 key Christian doctrines that you've got to give up to be a theistic evolutionist.
1: Wow. That is very significant. Again, our special guest today, a gentleman who has been a leading light in the philosophy side of apologetics, but really entering the totality of that wonderful task of explaining and defending, explaining and vindicating the Christian worldview over against its competitors. And I'm so thrilled to have my former Dallas Seminary classmate and just a superstar in leading, uh, as it were, the the, the movement to expand and develop and proliferate the message of Christ through careful, gracious, incisive critiques of the opposing, the quite quite frankly, often atheistic, but other worldviews as well. And so we're going to be right back after a quick break here on The Universe Next Door. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the excitement that's building for having Greg Kokel here. He's going to be our banquet speaker coming up in a few months. So I hope you will save the date. And that's April 6th. That's 2018 coming up here, our 30th anniversary for the founding of C.S. Lewis Society and when it moved from Princeton University, uh, where it originally was launched. And of course, we relaunched it here 30 years ago and we're so thankful for all of your support for the universe next door and we'll be getting right back into this conversation with our dear friend and scholar jp moreland stay tuned we'll be right back
0: jesus stood before a grave and declared i am the resurrection and the life Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Shocking words. Eternal life through Christ? Jesus made many bold claims. He said he was the Messiah, eternal God who had become man. He taught that his death and resurrection would destroy death and offer forgiveness to all. C.S. Lewis himself, as an atheist teacher at Oxford, struggled with Christ's claims, but in 1931, became convinced that Christianity was true. He turned to Christ and eventually became a witness to millions through books and articles. Lewis's insights on Christ are captured in a delightful essay, What Are We to Make of Jesus Christ? You can read it today at apologetics.org when you click the link Lewis and Aslan. And for your gift of any amount at apologetics.org, we'd like to offer you this resource— It's Lee Strobel's DVD offering two talks on the power of Christ's resurrection. Strobel shares his journey to faith and the evidence that Christ is alive. Make your gift of any amount today at apologetics.org and receive a Lee Strobel DVD as our gift to you. Again, that website is apologetics.org. If you'd like to contact us by email, the address is information at apologetics.org. Welcome back to The Universe Next Door, focusing on questions of life, faith, and worldview. You can learn more about this program and tap into further resources at apologetics.org. And now your host, the Research Professor of Bible and Theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward.
1: Welcome back to the Universe Next Door special program, a special featured program. And we're going to be diving back into this key book of our guest, J.P. Moreland. And J.P. Moreland and I go way back. It's just uh, fun to be with my dear friend. We sat at a banquet table listening to a number of people. I was invited up on the stage to give a little kind of a remembrance of Feshrift for Dr. Philip Johnson, the author of the um, great volumes beginning with Darwin on Trial and six or seven others. And that was, I think, around 2004, 2005, and we had a good time there. And um, I think I'm overdue for coming to uh, Southern California and having dinner with you, J.P.
2: Uh, I think you're way overdue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll work out something. Yeah. Um, as uh, as we have said all along, of course, our our program, which for these last three and a half years has been named after the great volume of J- Jim Sire, "The Universe Next Door," the uh, great synthesis or understanding. I should put it in the terms of a of a comparative understanding of the Christian worldview over against other worldviews, all the major theistic and non-theistic worldviews in the in the Academy today. Well, today we're taking a slight different tack. Uh, we are coming back to our roots of Darwin or design and really tackling the question of whether theistic, the idea of making God the, the kind of man behind the screen, behind the curtain. If you think of the Wizard of Oz, uh, pyrotechnics in that great hall, and it turns out uh, there was a little man behind the the, uh, the little um, um, curtain there, uh, where, are, we, are we to view the evolution is the act and God is sort of watching benignly while the whole thing unrolls under his uh, uh, smile, his supervisory oversight, or is that a misunderstanding to try to force evolution into kind of a joining or um, overlapping marriage, whatever, uh, with the doctrines of Darwinistic evolution, which dominate the academy still to this day? Uh, to help us with this tour of the topic and a new volume. It is a fabulous uh, bombshell. It is like a a volume of about 1,000 pages that is shooting laser beams out from its cover from the interior uh, essays in 1,000 different directions. It is an amazing achievement, and I want to thank you, JP, for the time you've invested. It must have been a fun ride.
2: Oh, it was a fun ride. Uh, Everybody we worked with had humble hearts. We all had a sense of mission Mm. about this book, and God really intervened in a number of times Mm. uh, to provide direction and resources, and it was obvious that we were co-laboring with a larger hand on this book.
1: Well, I just want to say that there's a tendency in a book that is a little bit scholarly but also meant for the general public— Uh, to have access, to just have the words, words. I'm impressed with how many diagrams and pictures are snuck in between the two covers. And if I can just say this, I'm blown away that every single one of these 25 or 30, I forget the exact number of essays, has a summary, a literally kind of an abstract. That's a great idea. Congratulations.
2: Well, it it is very, it's very helpful. I tried to get uh, at the end of each chapter, a picture of SpongeBob SquarePants, but they just wouldn't go for that. So I, I can you
1: revise it for for the the, the, the fun-loving teens and adults among us? Uh,
2: absolutely, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm open to all kinds of revisions, except when it comes to the Bible. <laughs> I just want
1: I just want the YouTube version of this book. That's all I want. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <clears throat> so let's jump into um, maybe we'll come back a bit to science and and but let's talk a little bit about your area. You are a PhD graduate uh, under the leadership of the great, late great uh, scholar Dallas Willard. Yes. One of the great Christian philosophy yes. professors of our era. Uh, I got to meet him at the um, the Leadership Forum. Oh, yes. You know, in, oh, Hungary, in Hungary, we had breakfast together. Yeah. Uh, had a blast. And of course, he was both a Bible scholar and a philosopher together all, yes, all ro- he, rolled yes, into was. one. Now, tell us what you studied very briefly, maybe a minute on that, your specialty, and then how you dove into this interesting topic. Tell us a little bit about yes. the philosophy is needed by science.
2: Well, my primary area of research is philosophy of mind. And um, uh that is one of the areas that is focused on in this philosophical section. Let, let, let me begin very, very briefly sure. by uh, clarifying uh, theistic evolution. Uh, there are three different meanings of evolution itself. The first is change within limits, many times called microevolution. That is not controversial. No. The second is the thesis of common descent, which depicts all of life as this branching tree so that every living thing can trace its ancestry back to uh, a single or a small cluster of very, very primitive organisms. And so we are literally linked uh, biologically and genetically with every other living thing in the world on this ancestral tree. The third uh, meaning of evolution. It's called the Blind Watchmaker Thesis, and that's the idea that evolution came about solely by purely natural processes that did not have any goal in mind. There was no goal directedness to it. It was a series of random events called mutations that was subjected to certain kinds of laws that, it, that involved the survival of uh, the fittest or of uh, reproductive advantage. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is uh, a purely naturalistic explanation. So now, our book targets the second two, understand, especially the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also, though, criticize the thesis of common descent. And uh, so theistic evolution is an attempt... To accept uh, all three theses, especially common descent and the the blind watchmaker thesis, but in some way or another combine it with with God being involved somehow. And there are two fundamental uh, definitions of theistic evolution. And in the first one, you're not going to believe me, but it's really in the literature, and it's the idea that evolution. Is an unguided, guided process.
1: Okay, now right there you're saying it's it's unguided from looking at it from the science side, but theological side, as we have the secret uh, backstory. Is it God has guided it?
2: Yes, God, it's guided, yes, but but the process that is guided is itself an unguided process, because it cannot have any teleology, or that is, mm-hmm. uh, things happening for some end or purpose or goal, mm-hmm. or else it's not, uh, it's not a scientific theory, because science, the argument goes, right. has got to limit itself to purely efficient causes that cause something else, but without any purpose. And this, this really boils down to a logical contradiction. Because if, because the idea of God guiding a process that must be unguided for it to be scientific uh, actually makes the concept of God guiding it either vacuous mm-hmm. um, or contradictory. And so uh, the second definition of theistic evolution is probably more widely used because of problems with the first one, and that is that in some way or another god is is allowed to guide the process of evolution as long as we can never tell he did it and wow. there can be no evidence whatsoever that he did this. Let me just jump, let me
1: just jump in and just in case you yeah. just joined us, Dr. J. P. Moreland, the world-renowned scholar in the area of philosophy apologetics, uh, presenting your uh, your faith in Christ in a very winsome way, is with us. He is the co-editor and a very key contributor to an amazing volume, Theistic Evolution, and and Dr. Moreland, th- we're having we're on a roll. <laughs> you've heard that yeah, phrase, this is fun. This is tremendous. If you would be able to join us next week, I, we have about another minute and a half. But would that be possible? It's
2: not only possible, it's actual. (laughs) I want to be a part of the program next week.
1: Okay, fantastic. Uh, You couldn't
2: keep me from it.
1: Oh, that's great. Well... You have been um, a tremendous resource, encouragement. Um, I know that there are probably, you know, I'm guessing at my last count, dozens of YouTube presentations that you have shared or that have been uploaded on your behalf. And of course, many many people can go to Amazon and see your books that you have done. In addition to this blockbuster book, it is a, it is a major breakthrough called Theistic Evolution. It's called A Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique, and your part, I've been reading through the, the parts of the volume that you have sh- shared, and they are utterly fantastic. Can I say that?
2: Well, it's quite an honor to be a part of it, and you're really very gracious. I just feel privileged. to have been a part of what I consider to be the most important book that I've ever been a part of. Wow.
1: And so we're going to be following this up with some more penetrating questions and discussions this next week. And don't forget to put on your radar screen, your kind of save the date uh, grid on your computer or your calendar, this amazing opportunity where Dr. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Greg Kogel, who is the founder of Stand to Reason, the author of the Tactics book. You've heard of the Columbo Tactic. We've mentioned it many times. And the spectacular new book, The Story of Reality, that is being compared with mere Christianity widely. It is an amazing book. He'll be here in person for a 30th anniversary banquet coming up April 6th. Mark that on your calendar. And be back with us next week for more discussion of this amazing book with Dr. J.P. Moreland.
0: Next Door.